everybody, and welcome to a very special Games Our Career podcast. Um, I'm your host, as always, Jeremy Signer, and we have three people with me, and one you might recognize. Um, uh, so, Autumn, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Autumn Wright. Uh, pronouns are she, they. Uh, I'm a freelance games writer and a columnist at Unwinnable. Yeah, and Autumn's going to be helping me out because we have some very special guests. So, um, uh, why don't you introduce yourselves first, Laura? Hey. Uh, Yeah, hello, everyone. I'm really happy to be here. So, uh, I'm Laura McGee. I'm a writer and game maker from Ireland, and I run the studio Dreamfeel. Uh, We just released It Found last year. Uh, which is like a queer trans video game, but I'm sure we're gonna be talking about it lots. So, <laughs> uh, I'm joined by Eve. Hi, uh, I'm Eve Goldenwoods. Uh, I'm the co-writer for If Found, and uh, I do kind of production stuff as well for Dreamfield. So, that's me. It's a bit. It's a pity. Like in any other time, we'd be like sharing the studio or whatever together. But yeah, yeah we're all remote now, so. Uh, you're as close to us, Jeremy and Autumn, as uh, Eve is. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, well, we've we've all been through it, so understood. Uh, so we have you on today because we want to talk about if found because if found has um, really been a highlight of queer games in. Uh, 2020 um, and it's been brought up multiple times on this show and it, it's really good so if you're listening awesome. please play it um, cool I'm glad so uh, first why don't you tell us how the concept for the game came about uh, how the game concept came about so, I mean, it really started with myself and Leah, uh, and way back in 2015, which is ages ago. So, I'd been making games solo for a while, um, I, I'd started using the Dreamfield name and everything, but, um, <laughs> I realized if I wanted more people to play my games, I probably should start working with an artist. Uh, I made, like, Curtain, which is this experimental first-person game about two people in a uh, in a not so good relationship and it's a very hostile game and even the art is very hostile it's very intense and so i wouldn't say it's the most immediate and uh yeah i realized that like working with another person would just like you know like ayla's do a lot more but also would bring this whole other angle to what we were doing so i met leah and uh yeah we just really hit it off instantly like, I was uh, going to zine and art fairs, and this is where I would have met, like, Eve as well. And, uh, but I started working with Leah a bit earlier. Um, and our initial ideas were around uh, creating, like, a diary game, you know? Uh, Leah was coming from a comics background. She was a comic artist. And it didn't really make sense to get her to do, like game animations uh we did do a jam game which was called leon le Havis saves the world uh which was like a kind of little gravity platform where we would like run around planets trying to save uh this pop star's dog 
Uh, and that was cute, but we wanted to make something like not like other games, I guess. So, uh, yeah, the diary game was kind of the, niche, the 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 right fit because it let Leah like just do what she did best, which was like create drawings and draw. And then I realized I had this mechanic I'd been playing around with for ages, or it was like a visual trick to hide, uh, to kind of cut away through the world and show this other world behind it. And I realized if I did that in lots and lots and lots and lots of layers, I could erase through a notebook. Uh, and that's where it came from. Uh, there was also like a zooming mechanic, which kind of, uh, you could zoom endlessly, like smaller and smaller and smaller. And that gave this kind of scope that it was like the end of the world. So as soon as we put together, okay, it's the end of the world. Someone's erasing their diary. Um, you know, that's like it found in kind of a nutshell. And the journey then over the like the following couple of years, like we made like a demo in 2016, which was really cool. Uh, we, we paused it for a wee while, but the kind of journey was just like, okay, what's what's Cassio's journey? Like who is Cassio? Uh, and that's kind of what we figured out over the next few years. Um, we did, we, pick, we, put, we put it on pause again and we picked it up in at the start of 2018. That's when we started working on it full time. Uh, but yeah, that's like the roots of it was really just like me and Leah um, and just making a game that was taking our comics and arts and zines and all that kind of crack and mixing it together with all this other stuff. Um, yeah. Eve, Eve, you came in like near the start as well when we first started showing the game off it. Like we had our demo and we brought it around to different festivals. Uh, and Eve, you came over to London with me. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, it was fun. God, it feels like <laughs> a lifetime ago now. Um, but it was really good. And Yeah, uh, it was wild. Yeah. I wasn't writing on we, we, for the game at that point. I was just doing production stuff. You were a producer. Yeah, yeah. I only started writing but, in like 2019. We showed it off at this festival called the Leftfield Collection. And honestly, I wish there was more things like that because... You know, often it was kind of a, it's like a collection of experimental kind of cool games and they don't need to be commercial or anything like that. We, we didn't know what we were doing with the game at that point. Um, but often like in indie games and communities, it's like it's always about prizes. So there's like a victor and a winner. Uh, and the thing that I like about the collection was just like, here's some cool games every year, you know, and it's like it's more like an exhibition, I guess. And just getting into it is the thing rather than being the, the winner or the. Or the loser. <laughs> so, um, one thing I was wondering, um, to kind of start at the ending is, um, for mm -hmm. the switch port of the game, you added some, uh, alternate endings, um, maybe not alternate, yeah. but additional. Um, mm -hmm. and I was kind of wondering what, um, your thought process was and what your intent and, uh, adding more of those stories was with this edition. Uh, so, like, those stories were always... We always wanted to do something at the end. You know, at one point, it was going to be, like, a whole RPG. <laughs> and we are like, oh, we'll just do it in the last few months of development. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> uh, but those stories actually were in the version that get launched on the PC in May. The only difference is... You could choose them randomly, you know, uh, and basically you'd get to the climax and then you'd be able to choose all the different stories. Uh, but people would like, including the ones which kind of wrap up the story, like Cassio waking up or like um, Cassiopeia and Mac and stuff. 
And there, there was also, so yeah, you also chose like three of them, I think, but it was just way too confusing, you know? So we kind of, we decided to uh, make it that you had like a set two in the epilogue and then all the rest were in the bonus. And we, we changed it a wee bit and we added art to them, but they were always in the game. It's just like they weren't uh, as accessible. Um, like, yeah, I think, like, what do you think, Eve? Yeah, um, that's a very good summary. I mean, it, it definitely was an accessibility thing because we, I think one thing we realized is that we had these beats that we really wanted players to definitely hit. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, we wanted to, to make more explicit that sense of possibility as well, right? Like, to, to yeah. give this. It's kind of cool making. Sorry, I was gonna say it's kind of cool to make the whole big page, you know, yeah. all the stories on one page. Yeah, it really opens uh, up and, the future in a fun way. And people were going back playing the ending, but you have to play all these other like scenes like to get to it. Uh, now, like the the worry though now is people miss them because <laughs> they go through the credits. So we might change it that it comes up automatically if we get to do another patch. We did tweak some dialogue when Cassiopeia and Mac got to the mom. Uh, but I think we still need to tweak that because people are still kind of missing the point a little bit. Um, yeah. It's one but of those okay. things, you know, you think you've, you worry that you're, you're being you're too, too obvious <laughs> and then you realize that in avoiding being too obvious, you have gone too subtle. Uh, it's always yeah. a balancing act. But it's really annoying. Like you always have like little words and lines you want to change. Like I would go through and change so much. Uh, we also changed, um, though I think, like, I don't know why we didn't come up with the other idea. We changed the diary scenes a little bit, and, like, graphically, but what we should have done was make it into one of those sections where you can kind of move freely and then zoom into the part you want to do. I don't know why we didn't do that. Um, so I would love to make, like, if we ever get to do, like, a special edition in a year, or probably not in a year, maybe in five if people are still playing it, uh, I would love to make some tweaks for sure. Um, but yeah, like, like that bit of the future was always there. It was always really important, you know, like at one point it was just kind of the spacey kind of like, it was like a post-apocalyptic thing, but then we were just kind of more interested in the characters and seeing their lives, you know, uh, like seeing Maggie, like go to Pride and stuff. Like they're all like my favorite moments. It was just like an excuse to write fan fiction for our own game. <laughs> Writing fan fiction of your own game is powerful energy. I love it. <laughs> Sorry. The first thing I did with the Switch edition was like go to that bonus section and just kind of like play through all of the options, yeah. uh, even the ones that I saw yeah. the first time I went through, and they're all just really fun, really nice. Yeah, and it's cool. It's like you know, I think the game would be kind of unbalanced otherwise, like in, in the sense that like. The story that Cassio is experiencing, like though that ending is actually the first thing that we like. Knowing it was a trans game, this is the story we wanted to write. In the sense that, like, when we were writing Cassio's stuff initially, we didn't know that it was a trans game, you know. And we we're writing all these scenes and in, in this and the stuff. So then when we we're like, oh, it's a trans game, we write all the positive bits. Um, yeah, but like most of the game, you know, is really linear, and you're kind of just like, you know. And it's kind of reflecting Cassio's state in some in some ways. So uh, having the ending be very open and like you know having to take all these different choices in the new notebook was yeah it was very intentional. Um, and it's it's just a lot more chiller. Like like 
<laughs> we have I'm, I don't know like I'm always, I'm terrible like I mean, it's not really NDA but it would probably shouldn't spoil things but I would love to make another game like the ending and we have some like prototypes it wouldn't be like a raisin it wouldn't be the same whatever but um, maybe maybe a few years from now we can make something that is like uh, a bit more like the ending of it fun it would be really cool I definitely think about. there's still lots of yeah like like untapped potential in that mechanic that we can we can play around with so it's on our to-do yeah. list that's great to hear. Yeah, we got like a, a really gay and trans story that we want to tell. <laughs> like our next game is like it's because we wanted to make something really different, so we didn't want to make you know, like the next story has potentially has trans and gay characters, but it's not like a trans and gay game as such. Um, but uh, yeah, like it, it's hard not to make trans and gay games when you're gay <laughs> trans <laughs> so you 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 d- did say that um this wasn't initially a game about a trans woman so w- what what was the initial concept of the story and w- when in that process did it become about a trans woman yeah, I mean, I think, like, early on, like, it's, like I kind of, like, in my head thought she was trans, maybe, but I, I didn't, I was, like, scared of making the focus that, or it was kind of, like, a headcanon, maybe, I don't know, but, yeah, be- before that, initially, she was someone that couldn't form relationships, I guess, and she was cutting people out of her life, like, we were kind of thinking of it as, like, an anti-dating sim, and it was kind of episodic in nature where each episode would be about a different character or a different group of characters that Cassio gets to know and then erases <laughs> out of her life. So uh, Mac was one of the first ones. Uh, the band that play in the gig was one of uh, the episodes. And that was like a kind of like a horror movie inspired whole chunk where they were vampires uh, and... You'd go to like an old like film set, and oh, it was it was wild. There's some wild stuff, and each one of those would end with a different end of the world. I think Max was like a nuclear apocalypse. Um, yeah, one of them was uh, But it was oh, the flood one was really cool because yeah. then you come back and like Cassie would go out in the boat, and then we had a whole story. We we're trying to reuse these characters and chapters, and like Cassie was going to try and escape on the boat at one point, like as the story kind of like became more focused. Um, but the main issue with it was just, like, there wasn't much depth to the characters, and it was very, it was very kind of surface level, and as we went deeper in the characters, it was like a question of, like, you know, like, time compressing in a sense, so we decided to focus on the characters that we had more. I mean, the story's been through so many changes, like, like, there was a whole cult thing at one point, where, like... The times people were turning into animals was another one. Um, <laughs> there are all, there's so many like weird angles. There was one where like they had to like the, the townspeople had to like feed a giant hole in the middle of the town, so they were throwing memories and stuff into it. I don't know. It's like honestly, like the story is all over the place, and it was like when we just started focusing on okay, who's Cassio? Mac is a character that like we all really love, and then. Um, Fully enough, Jack and Colm came later. There was like a point where the story, they were kind of the the Greek chorus in a sense, 
where after each of the episodes you'd go you'd go see them because we realized, oh, actually it'd be nice if we had characters that existed throughout. And they were kind of like the older, you know, you know, elders, as it were, that like Cassie was kind of like learning and looking up up to. Um Yeah, but it was just kind of we focused on like on, on like the characters and they kind of just came to the fore. And then it was like, okay, what's Cassio's thing? Cassio's family kind of came into it more and I kind of just developed there. So it's kind of a natural process. Although I wonder how that compares to what we're working on now. I mean, actually, our story did change quite a lot. Um, I think part of it is before, like, Eve joined us, I think the game was being pulled in multiple directions and we, and we lacked direction a little bit. And uh, when Eve came onto the team in 2019... Um, we already had like a version of the script where Cassie was trans now and she was struggling with her family, but we still had loads of like old stuff left over. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe Eve, you have a better perspective on this. I think we were able to like, okay, what's the important things or how can we use these scenes that we have, you know, and stuff we have yeah. art for and tell a more succinct story. I think I definitely came on at the point at which it was like, there was lots of content, but it was about figuring out how to put it all together and like pick the best parts and make it very coherent. And uh, that was kind of the, the one of the first things I think that I ended up doing for the game was just like writing lots of script and being like, okay, here's a version where this is the focus, and then here's a version where this is the focus, and like, uh, like e the thing is like each of the scenes just kept getting longer and longer. <laughs> So we had to cut down how many scenes we had. True. And uh, we also did add in, like, there was a couple ones that, like, you know, as it got, we got to Christmas in real life, mm -hmm. we're like, shit, we, sorry, I, can I curse? I don't know. But, uh... You're good. Okay, cool. <laughs> Fuck shit ball. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, the Christmas chapter was one that we almost didn't put in, and that was, like, a completely new chapter that wasn't in any version of the story before. Uh, and Eve fought bitterly for it, and I was like, we have, like, we have a month left, Eve, to finish this game. My poor hands can't put all of this together fast enough. But Eve wasn't taking no for an answer, so, uh, yeah, I'm glad it was in there. So, I mean, that's the weird thing about making games as well, is, like, you kind of think, I mean, you sometimes you start with this mazapai in the sky, and it's like you have an endless time. But definitely when outside people look in, they're like, oh, you set out to make this game or whatever. And it's like, no, you kind of stumble into the game you make by the end. And as you approach the deadlines, it's very much like, oh, heck, how can we like pull off all of this together into something coherent? And uh, yeah, like you kind of got to hope. At the same time, you know, like early in development, you kind of like take your risks and your big ideas and you kind of like fly off into the sky and then for the game to work, by the time you come to the end, all of the all of the stuff has to come together again, you know? Um, and I think that's the nice thing about it fun, that it does come together. Like, And I think most, like a lot of games and stuff, don't really care if it comes together or not, you know? It's like, no one's going to see the end of our video game anyway. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, just, let's just like throw in like a boss battle or something. Um, There's never any boss battles. That's probably the one thing we never had. <laughs> or was there? Man, there's some cool characters. Remember Psychic? That was a really cool character that is not in the final game. There's this, like, creepy kid who you'd see in the distance all the time. Um, just a cute, like, non-binary kid. That was neat. 
So I could like reminisce about all the different parts of the game. There's some early versions which are quite nice, which are like very um, collage-like and stuff. But yeah, it is kind of like by the time you reach the end, it is just kind of like, you know, it's making it functional, fixing bugs, and how are we pulling off this together? Like the character creator was something very late that was added, but it was just like, it was such a perfect idea that we couldn't do it. So we were trying to like sneak as much pasta on Aperna as possible. And uh, Annapurna did say to us, like, after we shipped it, that, like, <laughs> they were so scared and worried about all the things we were adding last minute, but that we pulled it off <laughs> and it worked. So that was good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like the card creator, which I love. <laughs> Definitely. There's all, the, all those other bits of the game that never made it sound so interesting um <laughs> and so maybe this comes from one of those but um a big part of the story that i think perplexed a lot of people is this mm-hmm. uh parallel kind of narrative going on uh it takes mm-hmm. place in space um <laughs> could you maybe yeah. talk about the origin of that and what you <laughs> wanted to do with it it changed a lot throughout development. Um, you know, I would say for half of the game's development, there was only one story, and it was more fantastical, and Cassio was also Cassiopeia and was the astronaut. Um, there For a while then, we kind of forgot about the space stuff, and <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was like Poochie. Like, on a and everyone was asking, where's Poochie? Where's the space stuff? <laughs> I think... Um, yeah. yeah, I think for me, like, one of the key things about the space stuff is that it's really important for pacing, and it's really important yeah. for, like, balancing the tone, because there are parts of uh, Ifand that yeah. are very heavy and very intense and, like, are, you know, pack a real emotional punch, and I think if you didn't have the space sections, that could f- end up feeling very relentless and... Um, yeah, so I think from it's, that it's, perspective, it was important. Yeah, no, it's the glue that holds it together. Like, it's the emotional heart. Like, it represents kind of Cassio's place. I, I think the issue, which is fair, is that it doesn't come together for people, you know? And the way we thought it came together, people didn't kind of get it or, like, feel that as much. Um, there was, like, versions where, you know... <laughs> Mac was representative of a lot of different characters in a sense you know there, there was a version where Mac uh, and actually for most of the development I think I was I was calling the character Mac earlier and I meant Chance slash Anu I think I was calling the Mac was I uh, but for most of the development Chance was called Mac and uh, there was a version where the person replying and working with Cassiopeia was a version of Mac Sorry, what's the version of Shans? <laughs> this is the danger with when you change names of characters. Very late in development. Um, but where we ended up with that, and I, I can I don't know how explicit I want to be. I think I've kind of like gotten more comfortable with it, but I, I was shy with how much I wanted to talk about it before. Um, is that Mac? Um, <laughs> and it was <laughs> honestly, I find it really sad, and it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be clear in the story, and it really is, and I, I think that's something that we tweak with a few lines here and there. Mac is also a version of Cassio, in a sense, you know? Um, and it is, like, he is, like, a version of Cassio that Cassio's mom, 
you know, um, would want for her. Uh, he's like a good accountant uh, with an incredibly dull life and very dissociated. Uh, much like, you know, Cassiopeia is this brilliant, you know, exciting astronaut flying through space, but she has no family. And uh, there's like, these are like two sides to the same coin. And I think, you know, it is the kind of thing that as you're rushing towards deadlines, you know, I, I think like with a bit of more time, we could have like made that story clearer and, and made that like pay off more clearly for people. I, I sent to Eve recently, like, that I wanted to add a line in um, when they're at the window where it was uh, I, like, I, I made it too <laughs> it's not clear enough, like um, Cassiopeia asked Mac if he knows who that is when they're looking at Breach and uh, Mac is just silent and uh, I meant that silent to be like, oh yeah I know but I'm not saying anything, whereas most people be like yeah, some random character that we're meeting up with, which is terrible writing uh, and I think the line that I in, it, like insert there would be something along the lines of, yeah, that's my, and then dot, 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 you know? So like, kind of like, you know, in Link to the Past, where it's like, Link, Zelda is your dot, 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 dot. <laughs> it's like my sister, my destiny. What is this? I need to know. Um, so yeah, like I think knowing that Mac is a part of Casio is kind of like the big missing piece that I don't think we kind of, explain clearly in the story and I think uh yeah it kind of makes that whole story like uh a lot more interesting and a lot more sad when Cassiopeia comes back from Mac and Cassiopeia is like you know whenever you're ready um you can come with me but uh, Mac isn't ready at that point anyway I don't know how do you feel about that <laughs> does that work <laughs> yeah I like I, I like that part of it. Um, I liked, I like it when stories have this like, just completely like almost metaphorical level where it's not speaking mm-hmm. literally about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I and I don't need a story to be like have an explicit connection where like, oh, this character is that character in this metaphor. But um, hearing you say that about, I, mean, I think it's hearing you say that about Max suddenly, I'm just like, oh yeah. wow, that. I'm gonna need to sit with that. That, that like really yeah, hits, like, and I know personally like how that feels. Yeah, that's why I was like kind of scared to talk about it. It's like it doesn't like I don't think you know. I think the thing where like every character ends up related or ends up married, or whatever. That's like silly. But without knowing that off Mac, it's kind of that story doesn't really conclude. You know, uh, and I th- I think that's uh, yeah. I think you know we we could have finished it other ways. There was like a version of the story where. Uh, Mac and Cassiopeia met Cassio and it was just kind of unnecessary and it was a bit silly and stuff um, yeah and we kind of just wanted the focus to be on, on the mom in the very end although I was really glad we in one of the patches we, we added it that it was like a, uh, there, was, <laughs> there was a point where we were like debating whether it should be Bree- like I mean Maggie or, or, or Breach uh, and we did add Maggie and column in, in uh, with a patch a bit later uh, and there was like a version where it was like maybe you choose you raise one of them and it's the other one that like you know rescues you. <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of just wanted to write um, kind of like from my own experience a little bit, and that's you know that's why it ends up being breach. Uh, you know there is the worry you know like not every mom is like that, um, which is was you know it's pretty heavy. Um, 
But I think, like, this specific story, like, you can see, you know, as, as much as Cassio was struggling, like, Brie just, like, trying as well, you know, and, and Cassio was being a shit sometimes. Um, obviously, Brie just being more of a shit. <laughs> and she's in a much more secure position, but, uh, yeah, it's tricky. Um, just, I think, I mean, I think that's the nice thing about it, fine, just, like, it's all tricky. <laughs> yeah, no simple answers. Um, just to add something to the, the Mac thing, like, I think everything Laura has said is correct. Technically, you can actually work out that Mac is also yeah. a version of Cassio, Cassio in the, the current script, because they have the same last name, and the accountant conversation that Cassio has with her mother is reflected in that, <laughs> but it is this thing of, like, we it's didn't... really subtle. Yeah, we didn't want it to be too obvious, and we made it so subtle that no one got it. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, like, if it was... I don't know, like, if it was, like, a version of Chance, that would have been interesting, too. Um, but then the part of this is, like, oh, no, we got to redo all this art at the last minute. <laughs> Which we hadn't done. So, like, I mean, that's the kind of cool things about making art is that, you know, they're just the result of their process. And, like, you make small decisions which have massive ramifications and stuff is decided for you. And you can take the effort to, like, undecide that or just go with it. Um, yeah, so... The Cassiopeia whole section of the game was definitely something that was always needed, but yeah, probably, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's the thing that people, I think, like, struggle with the most insofar as, like, they're like, oh, what was the point of it in the end? I mean, there is the whole story where they, they are getting the, they're finding, like, the piece of paper, you know, which is, like, the kind of kid's drawing that, uh changes like Breed's mind you know and it's like how much is real how much is like Cassiopeia's world uh but I don't know how clear that story was I've never talked to people about that I know like Autumn was that clear <laughs> that like mom got like the kids drawing that Cassio did from Cassiopeia and uh Mac I don't think I made that connection actually mm, yeah yeah I know that's fair uh, we probably should have made that clearer too. That was also the point of that story was that was like what they were getting. Like Cassiopeia got that from the black hole and then they were traveling with it and then they had to deliver it. Uh, but yeah, everything just happened so fast. Um, so probably it could have been clearer too. Yeah. Um, we learn and but, grow. You know, it's like, it's, yeah, and it's like the rough edges that make things nice anyway, mm -hmm. you know. Now I want to go back to Shams for a second because I know that um, that's a big part of the story is like Cassio and Shams like mm -hmm. working out how they feel about stuff and not necessarily coming to a clean conclusion and it, it everything's pretty messy mm -hmm. so how would you go about writing that the, the interactions between those two so, like, Shans was, um, was, like, the second character, you know, like, was drawn almost as soon as Cassio, you know, had a concept way back in 2015, and, and that, uh, the first, very first, like, little 10-minute demo, uh, was, you know, uh, Shans meeting, Cassio meeting Shans at the bus stop, um, and, I know, like, Eve, do you want to talk about it? Like, they, like, it was kind of... It was always kind of, uh, you know, 
with where we were going with the story, especially where it started with like this like anti dating sim thing, it was always like a misconnection. Um, but the part that really made it click, which 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 was like actually like kind of like figured out even later than uh, way later even than Cassio being trans was the fact that Chance uh, was trans, uh, and then it just you know started to reflect like real life so much as well, like um, that kind of. Like, you know, I just love, you know, like, trans people find each other even before we transition. Uh, and, like, you know, gay people as well. Like, there's some kind of connection there. Uh, and I think, like, with Cassio, like, her transition and stuff is never an issue. It is, like, her acceptance of herself is never an issue. And that was really important. So it was interesting to see the other side of the coin of that with Chance. Um, whereas Chance had a, like, a maybe, you know, otherwise more, like, open and loving family. Um, I guess we never really see how, how, like, their family take it. But I think their family are pretty cool. Um, yeah, Eve, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely their relationship that, like, we put so much time into different versions of it. Like... One of the the things that we were most conscious of with the whole story was like balancing where all the relationships ended up. Um, and there were various versions of that where characters were like closer or more distant in the endings. Um, and getting exactly the right balance took time, but then that really influenced like the kinds of conversations that they were having earlier in the story and those also ended up getting like a lot of drafts um i'm really happy with the chance cassia relationship i think it's super lovely and interesting to have this relationship that kind of leans a little bit into being romantic and then ends up pulling back from it and is actually about a friendship and um I don't know. It yeah, feels, it's nice that they yeah. end up as friends, you know? Like, like always end up together. I think that definitely would have been the more appealing route to go. I think with where Cassie was at, though, and Cassie's kind of journey through basically, you know, dissociation and depression, as it were. Um, although, the other thing that I really like about Cassie is that, like, she's ace, you know? Um, you know, like, that might change in the future. I, I think it does. But at least at the point that the game is at, you know? Uh, I think, like, often trans people's sexualities and stuff change with hormones and stuff, which is kind of cool. Uh, but I think uh, that's, like, a weird... I think that was, that was, like, an important thing as well. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, hard to say, like, why you chose to write what you did. I think, like, that was initially... I probably... The, that tension was there before, Ca like, the fight scene between Cassio and Chance was there probably before there was the stuff with the family... Um, that's true yeah. and that was that that was going to be the end of like one episode you know and but with the restructuring of the game you know it became kind of like the midway point but I was so happy and like putting in the whole scene before that which is like maybe my favorite like in-game scene of them in the attic you know I thought mm. that was really cool and the gig scene before that that's definitely like the, the highlight of the game um, then all of this gets resolved kind of with um you know, it's also Cassio getting, like, isolated from everybody with the that climax section where, you know, it's, like, Shant's rejecting that, you know, the transness of themselves. Uh, and, uh, yeah, 
that like really like not so nice i mean it, it goes by very fast boy because how it was like restructured um but yeah cassio and uh chance on the beach um which kind of like ugh, like I, i'm like so conflicted you know because it is like really intense and it all leads to this like looming black holy whirlpool of what cassia goes through and that was just like you know that was like the point we started with so we, we had to get to that point uh and uh you know probably chance and cassio like if chance you know was a bit more mature i guess before that like it wouldn't have got so bad for cassio but i think the important thing is that like um it all works out <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, it's intense. It's a, I, yeah. I love writing those intense scenes. I love putting <laughs> characters through the ringer. Um, mm, especially when yeah. you know that there is a happy ending coming. I think it's really fun to, yeah. to like, dig deep and get at some of that really painful stuff. Like, that beach conversation is so painful. Oh, but, yeah, it's really rough. But it feels... Because, like, that's hidden Casio. Yeah. Much like... Much like the fight conversation where, like, mm-hmm. Chance kind of snaps back and is like, yeah, so much for you, like, in family or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like getting those, like, little barbs in. Uh, and it's kind of like, you know, when you see the group first of all, like, it seems, it seems, um, like, idyllic, you know, when you have Jack and Colm and, and Chance and stuff. Uh, and it's kind of just, uh, like, a slow revealing of... You know, life is more complicated. Uh, but I do really love the stuff that comes after that, you know. Um, especially with Chance and, like, you know, them coming out as non-binary and, like, them changing their name and everything, which was, like, another tricky thing. But, um, yeah, I'm really glad with all the little beats we got in there. There, there was, there was going to be, like, a whole thing where... I think the interesting thing about Chance is, like, Chance's family and... Uh, Chance's family actually started off more mean, but then there were, we were like, oh, actually, that doesn't really fit, you know? If uh, his dad and his mom, you know, his dad being, like, Irish and living in Manchester when, like, uh, he met Chance's mom, there'd probably be, like, two complete lovebirds, you know? Uh, especially if she came the whole way to Ireland. Uh, so that was really nice to get in, like, all that, like, happy, nice beats and stuff and uh, Chance's sister. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's also nice to have, to be able to create those kind of parallels and contrasts, right? Like the contrast between Chance's family and Cassia's family ends up being narratively nice uh, for, I think, for players as well as for us. I mean, I think the recurring theme of this conversation is that, like, making video games, you know, like if we were writing a book, it's like, yeah, you can, like, you can do anything and your, and your decisions can almost be instantaneous. But with making video games, it's, it multiplies, like, in difficulty. But, uh, we, like, thread a fine needle, I hope. And I, I think it, I think it's interesting. Um, I think it's mean. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm not as mean as, as Eve. So, like, the fight scene, I'm like, oh, God. People just wanted them to kiss. People just wanted it to be nice. Why can't we give that to them? Uh, but, you know, they're friends at the end, so. <laughs> the fight scene in the attic, too, was probably, like, the standout moment for me, I still remember, because it was, like, mm. it was one of those scenes for me where it's, like, talk, where the characters are speaking in a way that I've heard people, like, speak, and, like, in ways I've spoken to people, and it just, like, really hit on, like, the type of dynamic that 
um, two types of trans people at different points and like understanding themselves and at very right. um, unstable parts of their lives can be like towards each other. Do you want to know what the, the initial inspiration for the attic scene was? Uh, Napsta Book is it Napsta Book <laughs> in Undertale? I just love that scene. I think it's one of the best part of the game where you lie on the carpet and just like go off. <laughs> I mean, in terms of like other games, that's the initial inspiration besides real life. Um, so also, actually, that's the scene where you can see some hints of like the flooded scene that was like in other like was probably like the biggest done chapter that was like scrapped uh for some reason they're in a pub that's underwater if you look at the art it's like upside down <laughs> so yeah you can notice that. i shouldn't say i shouldn't point out all like the 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 hacks <laughs> well, i think I it like ends up working problem. sorry <laughs> i think it's nice yeah i love that we had some really cool water effects mm. yeah um i think like the whole game has uh like the aesthetic of the whole game, the way it ends up being, because it's all these sketches, it does end up being like a work in production and how it's presented. And obviously there's there's a, like a whole way of framing it that way. It's not what the actual production process would necessarily look like, but um, <laughs> right. I really feel like that fits just like the whole uh, like thing that the game is doing really well. Um, with like characters yeah. building themselves up and also like for being an indie studio making a game like this and making like such a big game yeah i mean it's like really intentional to make it like you know uh <laughs> like to make it seem like anyone could make it you know uh and it's like i kind of like that idea it is like that idea of punk which is like you know oh man this is so like this is so looks so shoddy i could do this and i'm like yeah awesome go for it <laughs> uh, rather than like hiding all the edges and stuff you know because like you could spend loads of effort to like just look like every other game you know uh, i think it's so much more fun just to like roll with the uh, roll with go with the grain uh, and see where it all ends up yeah and i i i found this um this story to be very it's it, it is uniquely trans but it's also one of um gen more generalized like queer alienation which i appreciated like it spoke to me and i'm 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 a i'm a cis dude um i'm a gay cis dude but um how important how how important was it to incorporate these themes and and how and how important was it to make it uniquely narrow while being uniquely broad in a way Eve yeah I do I mean I'm also like uh, a cis woman and there are parts of the game that um, reflect my experience of growing up in the west of Ireland as well um, uh, and I think I think that in a lot of ways like the more specific you make something and the more authentically specific you make something um, in some ways the more relatable it becomes because people will latch on to the details that feel 
connected to to truth and connected to to their own experiences and their own truths even if they're not exactly the same um and i i think that is especially true like for queer people in general to be like oh yeah this feels familiar but i think anyone who's grown up in in rural towns in rural ireland uh will find something where they're like oh yeah that resonates a little bit even if it's not exactly my experience and in that way you actually end up like bringing people into the story in a more interesting way i think that's very cool i mean i think it's like you know you're trying to find like we're like we're trying to reflect real life and rather than just create like a piece of media which is like a remix of the movies or the tv shows we've already seen you know and i think in that like there's always things that you like you haven't thought about before you know that like you'll like you'll like click into um i think that's like i think that's how you get like nice and uh unique and interesting things uh and you know as per like you know Cassio's journey um you know it didn't start off as like a trans-specific story you know like i like i don't know if it's a coming out or a growing you know i wouldn't call it a grown up coming like a growing up story or coming of age or whatever you know i think some people do um I think it's a, a maturing story or something. I don't know. But it's like, yeah, like the thing that she's struggling with is uh, being comfortable. I don't know. Being comfortable with herself, disassociating. Um, it's complicated. Life is complicated. I don't think we all can be like neatly categorized. So like sometimes when the game is categorized as just a trans story or something, I'm like, there's so many other characters in here. Like I really like... Uh, and I know it doesn't take up as much screen time, but there's the story of Colum, you know, as uh, a cis gay man as well. And uh, you see a lot more of it, I think, in the epilogues, but it's really cool where he, like, he stays on Ackle, you know, despite, like, yeah, never making peace with his family, you know, and despite, you know, like, living openly as a gay man. Uh, and I think that's really cool. You get to see his wedding and everything, uh, or at least, you know, like, a scene before his wedding. Uh so yeah, like Cassio is the character with the most time, but there's a lot of other characters that get like go on their own journeys. You know, like Maggie has her own journey, Breach has her own journey. Um, like I love the scene with Breach and Cassio in the sea, like swimming. Like that's just so nice. Uh, and actually, the epilogue—that's like another thing for the epilogue. It was like a chance for us to like wrap up all the loose threads and see where all the characters go a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think. I think, you know, like, people can just see a human story, you know, as long as you're willing to go with it. Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's just nice, you know? Um, and it, it comes back to, like, you know, one of our main things was just that, like, you know, you can't convince someone out of bigotry by logic, you know? I think you can shun them out of it, maybe, at least get them to shut up a little bit. But if you want them to actually, like, change, it's, uh, you know, it's a change of heart, you know? And it is just like, oh, actually, these people are human and I should give a shit, you know? Uh, but I never, I don't think you can ever logic or, like, argue someone out of being a, a bigot or a transphobe or a homophobe. And uh, I think, you know, that's, like, the journey of Breach a little bit. It's like, you know, you can't really explain this. It's kind of just, like... It's just like a change that like it's just a step you have to take is to, you know, love your kid. Um Yeah. 
I've got like Colm and Jack's relationship. I think that's an interesting one as well. Like it doesn't quite. Um, it's not like a fairy tale ending either. Yeah. Uh, I like that they both because they're all happy kids. Endings. They're all so young. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> them getting happy endings, but not with each other, is something that yeah. feels true to me. Just from like, you know, I'm I'm 30 now. Uh, I know some people who have been in relationships since they were teens, but not well, very I feel many. Like- <laughs> I feel like Jack is still, like, an eligible bachelor, though, you know? I feel like he's still a party head. I think, like, off the main characters, besides Fergal, like, Jack gets the (laughs) least amount of time. uh, And, like, he's still kind of, like, a party head. Um, No, I would agree with that headcanon, that he's, like... I think even Fergal gets... Fergal gets more of an ending than Jack does. Um, Fergal gets, like, you know, he has his kid and stuff, and I think that's all really sweet. But that's also, I think, honest to, like, that there are some people that you have this very, like, yeah. strong connection with well, at yeah, one it's, point. it's her brother, like. And, yeah, they just disappear, you lose contact, especially pre-internet. Well, yeah, it's hard. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that that is, unfortunately, that's, like, Jack's, like, lot in the story is to be, like, representative of people you fall out of touch with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was a very... You, this was also a very Irish um, story. It, it included like definitions of Irish slang and Irish terms. Um, so how how important was it to be that authentic to living in Ireland? Yeah, it was, like, really important. I feel yeah. like if <laughs> we probably could have gone farther with the Irish, except our Irish wasn't good enough. <laughs> I'd say, like, yeah. definitely parts of Ackle would have better Irish than this, especially, like, um, yeah, like, uh, out the end of Ackle. But, uh, yeah, Eve, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, I, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I think when we decided to really go for it, uh, it was much more fun and enjoyable for us to to write that And uh, I also think it's probably something that Dreamfield will carry forward. I feel like all of our games will end up being pretty Irish because, like, um, you know, that's that's where we're coming from. It's interesting to us. And also, um, it's something that kind of sets us apart a little bit, I think, from from other stories is like, yeah, this is this specific place and and these specific people that we know. But like, like, you know, I think it's, like, any, like, land or place is so fast as well. Mm. Like, you know, like, okay, maybe our next game or, like, our next couple of games might be set in Ireland, but in totally different worlds. And I think it's always really interesting to, like, you know, again, rather than, you know, making things inspired by other media, like, yeah. you know, trying to find and recreate the world a little bit. Um, Absolutely. Like, again, I think specific, specific touchstones are always really interesting, and a lot of the specific touchstones that we have are Ireland and, and Irish people, and that's cool. Like, that's fun. But, like, we didn't actually start there either, you know? Like, yeah. the game started in, like, a kind of mythical island, uh, and uh, I guess it was kind of, like, vaguely, like, off the coast of Ireland, but it felt like very, like, you know, young adulty kind of novel, but as, like, you know, Casio and all the characters became more real, uh, it was kind of happened hand in hand. We're like, okay, let's see what it's like. It just just feels, like, too kind of floaty. And when we moved it to, like, Akko, which we were kind of being our main reference anyway, mm-hmm. like, everything just became more grounded. 
<laughs> we're just saying, like, when we, when we moved the game to, like, the real-life location of Akko, like, it, yeah, like, I remember Leo was, like, scared, because, like, oh, no, what, like, can we do it justice? Uh, and I remember telling my mom near the end of development the names of all the characters, and she was like, that's an Akko! Those are Akko names! <laughs> um, <laughs> but it just let us be more specific and more real. Uh, we could even, like scout for locations like on google maps <laughs> which was cool love having that um, be part of my job it was genuinely so much fun <laughs> <laughs> i mean at one part we had like claire oh poor claire like claire branken is a really cool writer as well and she was helping with writing before eve came in um and she she definitely helped with the move towards like a more emer- emotional story and like bringing the family into it but uh, one part of her job was Taking loads of screenshots from Google Maps, but like moving down the road, screenshotting each like time. That was such a silly idea. <laughs> um, but it was research. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like you know, making it set in Ireland, it's just like it's just more interesting. Now, you know, I think all games should have annotations. It's like, well, I mean, all games that are like about a place, I guess. You know, and it's just like it makes it feel more real and more interesting. Um, love to see yeah. more games that are about like other specific places that you don't see so much like um yeah yeah you know there's so many places in the world uh i'd love to see well more like games. i was talking i was talking to the guy who worked one of the people who worked on like noita mm. uh and also i can't i can't remember his name right now but he he made uh baba is you um and like there's loads of references to mythology i guess like finnish mythology which is really cool but you know it's also still a fantasy game i guess it's like a like the fantasy world is like finnish but i would love to just see like more like real life places in video games too you know um like curtain is set in like glasgow uh and that was like a big inspiration behind it and there's like a real cool music scene in glasgow although i lived in dundee which wasn't quite glasgow when I lived in Scotland. Uh, we should probably, like, get final-ish questions, because I am, like... <laughs> I am wiped. <laughs> Me and Eve were, like, working on our game uh, today as well, and, like, we're at a fun part where there's, like, you know, it's it's starting to congeal, you know? We're still making big story changes, and we're figuring out mechanics and stuff, but, um... Yeah, it's fun. It's fun, sure, but it's draining. draining. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you've mentioned it a few times. Is there anything you would want to say about the next stuff you're working on? And maybe what <laughs> uh, the studio is going to look like going forward from here. Look like how? It's uh, like different... Like the makeup like, of it? Uh, are like team members changing much? Like what's collaboration mm. look like going forward? What lessons did you learn from? Uh, we're all working remotely now, so I, like, yeah. I miss like meeting up with people. Um, lessons that we learned from If Found. I think like, you know... I think we lacked a strong script early on uh, with it find. You know, we had lots of, like, small chapters and chunks. And we were like, oh, this will easily be, you know, part, you know, we'll just multiply it by 50. Um, so I think we're a bit more cognizant of the whole journey a little bit more. Um, we definitely didn't learn our lesson about making something small because... Like the game was ballooned, uh, and we're trying to figure out. We we did come up with a really good way of squishing it down today, um, but I think you know we wanted we wanted so we could, our next game could have been you know the one we kind of like alluded to earlier, which was kind of like a spiritual sequel to If Found, you know, and that would have been very easy. 
but we just wanted to go off and do something totally different, you know, something unexpected. Uh, uh, and uh, I think that's a good yeah, tease, or, honestly. It is. Yeah, totally I mean that's all. That's all we can really say. Unexpected, <laughs> and hopefully people. Although will. we, it is still currently, it's still text heavy. I don't know how how much we can like squish that down, but there'll be less text on screen at least. True. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess my final question is, how does it feel, given that, if found, has connected with so many people and has found success, because, it's um, it, it's taken up a lot of critical discussion and it's won awards and all that stuff. So how does that feel? Yeah, it's really nice. It's wild. <laughs> I think like when you're making it, you don't even realize that people are going to play it when you finish. Uh, and if you do, you think about it in like like magical terms in the sense that like, oh, like maybe like a thousand people will play this. You don't think, okay, like, you know, Jane or Emily or, you know, just think of some names. You don't think of them as real people, essentially. And uh, yeah, once it gets released, you know, and like people get in touch with you and, and they say they liked it or you see like reviews people write. Um, yeah, it means a lot. It's really cool. Um, you know, uh, yeah just really nice yeah i think like awards and all that kind of stuff you know like that's grand but it's it's not really as good as just like someone being like yeah like this mount a lot uh and it's really like you know seeing like pieces like you know like autumn like like wrote you know like multiple like that kind of stuff is just is like the most interesting to me you know uh, and see people like really get the game and, and and go deep on it um that's really cool like, I think, you know, as, a, as an artist and stuff, you're always kind of, like, racked with, like, both perfectionism and, like, um, insecurity. <laughs> uh, so, uh, actually, there was one review that said, uh, <laughs> we are responsible for the downfall of Western civilization. And honestly, like, it doesn't get any better, you know? It's, <laughs> it's like, it's shit. <laughs> Should someone send them our notes? <laughs> Uh, weirdly, we didn't get that much hate or anything, like, um, but it is really nice when people dig it, like, it's, yeah. it's the best thing, uh, and, like, that's why you make games, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and we have wonderful fans, like, that really can't be we overstated, the, the people who like the game are just darling, all the of nicest. them, so good. Yeah. Lots of, like, lots of really nice trans people, <laughs> yeah. and lots of, you know... Uh, lots of allies and lots of like you know cool LGBT people. Uh, it's just the best, you know. It's like, it's like you know, it is like it isn't us, but it is like a reflection of us. So having that out there and having people re- respond positively to it, you know, it is really nice. You know, you can't get too swept up in being like, like we made the best thing ever or whatever, because you know, uh, you always want to do better and you want to be like, okay, if you like that, where do you play our next game? Uh. So, yeah, we're just focused on, uh, yeah, just, like, you know, like, looking after ourselves and, you know, working sustainably and steadily. And I'm glad, I'm really glad we're able to make another video game, you know? Uh, like, the team's not exactly the same. Like, we lost uh, one person, unfortunately, because, like, like their skills didn't match, like, the game we're working on. Uh, but hopefully we can bring them back, actually. Uh, but... 
yeah we've built a really nice team now and it's like an ongoing experiment yeah and yeah i'm just really excited there's too many games that i want to make <laughs> and it's just frustrating that it takes so darn long <laughs> Yeah, it's true. No one ever tells you how long games take to make. Oh, it's unreal. It is really a slog. Like, yeah. it really is. You know, like, there's this, like, I kind of call them, like, Molyneux ideas, um, where you can come up, like, with a game idea that you can describe in a sentence that would take you 100 years to make. <laughs> and uh, there is, like, a, a part of game design where, you know, like, like you can be a superstar for just like tweeting cool game ideas or something like that i don't know but it's like actually doing the work and like you know coming in and like you know is i mean it's like easy work like we're so fucking lucky to you know sit at home and get paid to make video games you know so like, i'm not gonna doubt that but it takes time uh and you know you just got to keep at it you know because you get those like moments where it's like oh everything's brilliant but most of it's like god damn it why isn't it good <laughs> and like everyone always wants to know okay what is the next thing you're working on or tell us about it but the, the thing is like if i was to tell you it would kind of rob not only you but it was also it rob also the excitement of making it you know because it's like if we could describe these ideas or just tell you about them, it's like, what, why would we make it, you know? Uh, besides selling it and making money to live, obviously that helps. Um, but keeping it as a, as a surprise is kind of nicer. <laughs> um, like, you want to tell everyone constantly. I want to tweet all the... Because like, we take screenshots and we share art and stuff. I want to share it all instantly. But, uh, yeah. You think you want it, but you don't. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to... All the other games <laughs> you're gonna make in the future. Yeah, we're, we're honestly we're planning I the next too. game already. Like we we're like we're gonna pitch for like a funded thing soon. So I'm really excited. It's like one that me and Leah worked on ages ago. Um, so yeah, sorry, I shouldn't get off topic again. <laughs> yeah, they're all gonna be good. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> uh, well, this is fun. That that. Yeah, that that should do it for this show. And thank you very much for coming on. It that has been great. It really has. Thank you so much for having us. I'm really glad. It was was nice to talk to you again, Autumn. And it was really nice to to meet you, Jeremy. Yeah, Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, likewise. Cool. Well, and thank you, Autumn, for helping me out with this. Of course, it's great to be back. Um and um. Where can they find you on the internet? Is that for me first? Am I going first? Yeah, go ahead. I think I'll so. go first. Okay. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Autumn Right, uh, and you can uh, read my writing on If Found at Uppercut Crit um, on my essay called The State of the Representation. Nice. Um, I you can find my stuff. Uh, you can find If Found on Steam. If you search for If Found. Um, you can also find it on Switch. The Switch is really nice. Mm-hmm. I like that you can swap between buttons. Like some of the buttons make it really quick to erase. Uh, and then you can also use the touchscreen on the Switch when it's in handheld. And also it looks nice on a big TV. Uh, you can get it on Steam for PC and Mac. And you can play it on iOS. So on iPad and iPhone too. Uh, yeah. And otherwise, you know, follow us. Dreamfield X is usually all our socials. So that's Twitter, like Instagram and Facebook. And then Eve, you got your own Twitter. I do. Uh, it's my name, Eve Goldenwoods. Uh, I don't know if I recommend following me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you're a good 
Eve also does like 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 visual novels and, and all kinds of things. Like I uh, you did one for like Global Game Jam recently, which is yeah, cool. Yeah, that's right. Uh, last year I was part of a uh, organizing effort with a different group of writers, and that tra- uh, transformed into something called the Val Collective, which is a very long story, but uh, it's lovely to do that work also. Unionize! Yes. Everyone join a union. Cool. Yes, we are very pro-union here. Hell yeah. Um, (laughs) And you can... You can find the show at GamesQueerPod on Twitter. You can find me at Jeremy underscore writes... And as always, everyone stay queer. Bye.